Basketball gurus with me, Matt and Frank. The Oracle. Welcome, guys. How are you going this week? Good, man. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, Matt. What's going on, man? Well, not a, not a lot, mate, on my end. Not a lot. Please be with you, Oracle. Please be with you, Rodney E. I've been watching a fair bit of basketball in the last week and i uh, got to say that uh, I'm enjoying it so far. Fuck, it's pretty, yeah, it's been pretty good. Been, been pretty uh, – some nutty things have been happening, some good games as well. So, yeah, you know, that's true. Uh, Let's um let's get straight into it, Frank. What do you reckon? Yeah, let's do this. Aussie baller infiltrations. We're gonna talk a little bit about Josh Giddy. Now, if you guys, uh, I I saw the game. I saw probably the last four minutes against the Lakers that they uh, Josh dropped a double double in that game. Almost turned it over in the last few seconds to Mello, but luckily Mello. Or it was either Mello or Malik Monk. They just shot shot a massive air ball at the end of that game. I didn't see that game, but I saw the highlights. And I've got to say that uh, I'm pretty impressed so far with uh, what I've seen from him. It's uh, I think they've got a, a player there that they can really start to build a franchise around. When you've got a guy who's got a pass-first sort of mentality, I think that's a great place to start when you're, when you're build, trying to build a club. That's it. I mean, I was reading a report earlier that the Warriors were planning to take him at number seven if if he wasn't gone at number six. They liked what they saw as well in him. How do you think it would have been different if he had gone to the Warriors? Oracle, I'd like to hear your input on this because I, I was expecting him to go to the Warriors. I thought that he would have actually fit pretty well. But do you think that uh, we would see more or less from him? Well, I mean, would they would they start him? Would they start him in shooting guard like OKC at the moment? You know, with a move Steph into the shooting car position. I mean, you look at Wiseman and he wasn't getting a lot of minutes. So where do you think Giddy would have moved in? I mean, with Clay out, you know, he would have got uh, minutes, no worries. But uh, with Clay coming back in the next month or so, they reckon, would he have got the minutes? Oh, no, I reckon he would probably would have split time with Wiggins at small foot. That's what I reckon. I think they would have put him down there. He sees the floor. I think Wiseman sort of doesn't fit with their style. But I think that with the sort of way he sees the floor, pushes pushes the ball passes the ball. I think that uh, well, when you're a shooter, you've got Clay and you've got Steph on there. You love people that pass the ball to you. Yeah, exactly. That's, that, those guys are looking to get the ball and take the majority of the shots, aren't they? Um, you know, Curry and... Yeah. That being said, though, OKC, he gets a bigger opportunity. He gets the ball in his hands. He gets lots of court time there. I think he's in the best situation for, for him at the moment. Frank, do you, do you, do you go on TikTok, Frank? Uh, no, I don't actually. Nah, neither do I. I, don't, I. I've got no idea about TikTok, but apparently Josh is very big on TikTok, all right? So um, I'm just going to play you this clip that references uh, Josh and, and um, you know, what he's like and stuff. Gold life of Josh Giddy, the Australian angel is for the streets of Adelaide. At 16 years old, he'd already been cut from his national team three separate times. So he took it personally and went from I'll have her home by 8 p.m., sir, to she calls me daddy, too. <laughs> Trusted sources say he's already Kylie Jenner's favorite player. He has the looks of a long-lost Kardashian brother with the shooting form of Travis Scott. He's defied the odds of scouts who listed his weaknesses as the entire sport of basketball on draft night. 
do better, stupid. He's the first ever TikToker to go pro. Somebody please bring this man a fucking shot. His court vision is unparalleled, dropping elite level dimes to either team. He's the Gen Z John Stockton who checks his comment section from the bench. He's already the Troy Bolton of OKC entangling with prospects after the game. And a variety of dribble moves to steal your girl. <laughs> well, I, I did see I did see that footage of him uh, talking to a couple of ladies after the game on some uh, Instagram basketball. Was one of website. them Kylie Jenner? Because uh, no, apparently I, she uh, she digs him. No, I don't. No, neither of them were. I didn't. And, and it, getting, they were getting pretty familiar. So I don't know if they were just straight up fans, and uh, you know, or he knew them somehow. Or I don't, I'm not sure what the deal was there. But look, life is good for Josh Giddy at the moment. Absolutely. He's killing it. He's killing it. And that uh, little clip was via at Francis OKC on Twitter. If uh, you're interested to see more little clips. The Australian angel. I like how he dubbed him the the Australian (laughs) angel. I just love how he said, and has got moves to steal your girl. I reckon that's just, that's, that's, (laughs) that's a beautiful way to describe the way he plays, man. (laughs) And I like how he, how he references giving assists to either team. Yeah. Referencing that that, that Lakers game. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so pretty exciting. Did he – I think he played today. He had a pretty good game today as well, I think. Yeah, no, I think he had a pretty well-rounded game today. I think he was about 10, 5, and 6 or something, was it, I think? Yeah, Frank, I don't know. I, I didn't see his his final score, but, um, yeah, it was something like that. And with with what Josh is doing, he's, he's inspiring other young Australian hopefuls, a uh, young guy by the name of Dyson Daniels, who's 18 years old, and he's elected to – instead of – he was going to jump into the NBL Stars program, and we were going to see him in the NBL, I think, this year, but he's instead opted to go to the G League, which – um, have a development NBA development program now. Yeah, I think I saw him play for the Australian junior team. I think I'm uh, last year versus they had a series versus New Zealand, and I think I saw him play, and he was an obvious standout. Yeah, yeah, he looks like he's got a good NBA body. You know, he's big, quick. You yeah, know. good skill set. Can pass it. Can dribble. Can shoot. Had a few sort of lapses, like a focus and stuff like that, a little bit. But you know, that's uh, yeah. that's he's 18. So. Yeah. Yeah, he's six foot six, good vision, can can shoot the ball, and Matthew Delavadova is his kind of his mentor that's guiding him making the NBA. Are we going to see more Aussie players go straight to the G League? You think? Ah, uh, why not? You yeah, know, if they've got the talent and they've, um, you know, they've got the motivation to make the league via that pathway instead of playing in the NBL or playing um, high level college NCAA or something like that. Yeah, interesting to see because the NBL, that NBL Next Stars program is kind of first of its kind almost. And it'd be interesting to see if they'll be complement each other or be competition for each other. That's right. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I, think, I think we're going to, you know, we're going to get to talk about a lot more um, Australian players coming through and developing into NBA players. And Josh is right up there. He's probably top four, arguably top four rookie in the league at the moment, the way he's playing. Another Aussie having a good season so far is Paddy Mills. I just want to bring up here after he had another pretty good game today, the Atlanta. I don't know whether you – did you catch any of that, Matt, today? Yeah, I did. I saw. I watched that game today, mate. Look, I said in the last episode that he is just the, 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 the perfect professional basketballer, I think. Do you reckon and- he gets a bit of a bump from playing with KD, though? Because KD demands – like the ball is constantly oh, sure. going to him. He, yep, he for sure. He gets good looks. There's a void there without Kyrie. Let's yep. face it, he's got to fill up those minutes. Someone's got to fill those minutes. Yeah, no, for sure. I think I think that's that, – I think you're right there, Rod. 
What what about uh, Oracle? What do you think Paddy's chances are for six man of the year? Well, I mean, the minutes are going to be there for him, that's for sure. It dep- all depends on how Brooklyn goes. And, you know, he, he played 22 minutes today. You know, he shot, he shot four of seven, I think, from the three-point range. Shooting um, good but, percentage, consistent minutes, yep, off the bench. Yeah, but, you know, six assists as well. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't be surprised later on down the track he'll get some more minutes off the bench. So he, he could definitely be right up there for six men of the year. Well, based on, you know, sort of his current form, you'd have to assume he's going to keep getting minutes, keep getting looks, and if he keeps dropping them, then, yeah, maybe a little bit like a, like a Jamal Crawford or Clay Williams. Lou Williams, these type of guys. Yeah, he's sort of looking like that player this year. I just want to also insert that I hate calling him Fever Patty. I'm, I'm not with that. Who's uh, doing that, though? It's, he gets, that gets bandied around in the NBA a little bit, especially after the Olympics. And I, I think it's... I think it's dumb because he's yeah. just a good player, right? He's just a he's just a really uh, top high level player in the NBA. It's not just his Olympic performances that that are a standout. He's he's been doing it for years. He's been doing. Who's it saying years. that though? Is it commentators? Is it social media? Is it yeah, who's media, saying that? Media, but right. you know, NBA commentators, especially the NBA, the ones that do the games, they always fever patty. It's like, shut up, man. Shut yeah, up. yeah. But that's 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 you know, that's the easy analysis. You know what yeah, I mean? That's, like that's how the Americans can easily identify him. I guess. Yeah, they don't see the ten years previous. You know where he's been filling it up well, for Spurs. So it's, it's there on NBA.com for everyone to look at. Yeah, if they're in in any doubt about Paddy Mills, the Australian legend Paddy Mills, still <laughs> killing him. Yeah, uh, at the moment, I think it's probably between, I don't know, well, apparently Carmelo Anthony's stats are pretty good coming off the bench, so. No, nah, I wouldn't give him six men of the year. I'd, uh, it'd be Tyler Hero from Miami. He's killing it. That's true, yeah, yeah. In fact, I've watched a couple of Miami games. I've got to say I hadn't seen uh, Miami the first week, but this week I've seen a couple of Miami games, and I've got to say that I was extremely impressed with uh, the way they went about it. I think that the Lowry edition is low-key probably the best edition of the offseason. He, he looks right at home, doesn't he? Well, he, he fit in perfectly. He fit in absolutely perfectly. That's a good example of good recruiting, you know, like yeah. just see, seeing a guy's playing style and thinking that's going to fit our team. That's actually going to help our team move further in the direction we want to go. And, um, yeah. He already shows, I think, a lot more value to that team than Dragic did. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In just in, in terms of pushing the ball and distribute, you know, distributing it to everyone. And I also love how Butler now is more assertive offensively. I think that they're. I was also very impressed with Dwayne Dedman as well, their backup center, who's given them Dead great man. minutes. Yeah, he's given them absolutely great <laughs> minutes when uh, Bam goes off. Is he Jamaican or? Uh, I don't know. I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm not sure, but. He played for Orlando for a fair while, I think. But he he's yeah. been especially good. And they've got great shooting. They've got great people off the bench. They're locked down defensively. And I think their offense looks much better than what it has in, in recent seasons, mainly due to how aggressive Butler has been as well. And also Hero, Hero decided to, you know, play this season. So <laughs> it's a good, good bounce back from him. I reckon we should move on to talking about a couple of the rookies. What do you reckon? Sure. Sounds good. NBA Gumshoes. Well, the first one I've got off the rank there for uh, our NBA Gumshoes, our rookies, is Scotty Barnes. Has anyone caught a decent portion of of a Toronto game to watch Scotty Barnes yet? 
Yeah, I've, I've watched a couple of Toronto games, and I don't know. The scouting report on him was that he'll give you effort and hustle, but nothing, not much else. That was the scouting report, but it shows you how how much you know you can really credence you can put into scouting reports because he has shown that he can play. He can shoot it. He can fill it up if he wants to. He can get a shot. He can get his own shot. Like I think that was a knock on him scouting wise, was he can't. You know, he wouldn't, maybe he wouldn't be able to create his own shot, but he can get a shot. He's really active. On both ends of the floor, so so he's like a two-way guy kind of thing. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, defensively, he's great, and offensively, he's been really good too. So they got themselves, uh, I mean, a real good one, I think. And and I think Toronto has been playing much better than what people expected as oh, well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got they got a pretty good team. They got they got like a core group of young players there that have the potential to really do something. I think if they can gel and sort of find a way to make it work. Well, you know, they're, they're six and three at the moment. I wouldn't have thought that at all. I thought maybe you know maybe three wins by now, and you know, but it's six and three. They're flying at the moment. In the seven games he's played, eighteen points, nine rebounds, two assists, field goals, fifty five percent, yeah, seventy percent from the free throw line. He's got a PR of. 18.6, you probably assume that goes down when Siakam comes back because he's kind of playing his position, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some movement. Like they've got a couple of pieces there that, that other teams would like. But I could see a team where where Siakam and Barnes play together. I don't think that they eat up too too many minutes. But Yeah, like a, maybe in a big lineup or something, they play Siakam at the two or three and Barnes at the three or four. Yeah, yeah. Well, the way the NBA's gone, Siakam, like, you could get away with playing him <laughs> playing him at centre, I think. So At the yeah. moment, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. And our starting power forward for the Bulls at the moment, he's only six foot four. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Who's, who's that? Uh, Devontae. Devontae. Right, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen any Bulls games yet, but all the sort of the ESPN shows and stuff like that are like, have nothing but Bulls highlights and how well they're going and stuff like that. I think they lost just today. Is that right, Frank? Yeah, it wasn't Javante. It's Javante Green. Sorry, Javante. Yeah, Javante yeah. is. Yeah, no, he's 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 bigger than six four. He 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 played on off the Celtics bench. He's a good hustle guy. Like he'll get up and down the court for you, full court defense, getting steals, getting in passing lanes, and you know he'll 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 drive to the basket when he gets gets an open look. He's basically filled that Patrick Williams role. I don't think he has the size Patrick William has, but yeah, he's a bit bigger than 6'4". You see teams roll out 6'10", centers now. Like someone like Wendell Carter Jr., like I think of him, like he hasn't got massive size, but he's a powerful sort of, you know, he's a good sort of power forward type of dude. Someone like Mo Bumba is is slighter of frame, but his wingspan's like almost eight foot or something. It's some ridiculous thing like that. So he's just, you know, he's incredibly long, can protect the rim that way. But yeah, look, Scotty Barnes, look, I don't think anyone saw that coming. I don't think anyone saw him having that sort of start, despite Toronto missing a few of their players. Anyone else seen Jalen Green play yet? I have not. I have not. That yeah, shit's wild, man. That shit is wild. Like the stuff he's doing, you just think you just think sort of Jarmorant, but longer. And can shoot the threat. Like the shot doesn't look good to me. It doesn't look good fundamentally or technically. It doesn't look good, but man. Some of those shots, a lot of those shots are going in. Yeah, well, he's kind of in a situation the same as Josh Giddy, right? Like he's got the ball on exactly. a team that's not going to do very well. He's going to get plenty of minutes and Lots plenty of opportunity. Of... Yeah, yeah. Frank, no Jalen Green yet. You got to get on one of those, those games, man. League yeah, I, I just haven't had the chance to uh, watch him yet, but you know, I certainly will. I do want to check him out. 
Yeah, just fire up one of those highlight reels, that one of the highlights of the games where he, you know, where he, where he, most of the games he, he does something, you know, he plays well and some of the, you know, some of the jams he's trying to throw down is just incredible. Who's the guy that plays for Indiana that's leading the rookie scoring at the moment? Duarte, is it? Chris yeah. Duarte? Yeah. Like, I, I saw him play the other day and I was like, man, did, people are not giving this guy much respect either. Like, he is. Yeah. It's Indiana, you know. Who, who's seen a full Indiana game so far? Well, I, me. But <laughs> you. Well, good on you. I, I, I yeah. commend you. I commend you for doing that because they're, they're a hard watch for me at the moment. Yeah, yeah, they're up and down. They're all over the joint. But he, I think that, like, just because he's an older, I think he was the oldest person in the draft. Yeah, is he a four-year? I think he was a, yeah, yeah, I think he was. But he is playing really well. Well, yeah, he's right up there in the rankings, isn't he? Yeah. He's he's averaging nearly 17 a game. 17.8, 4.5 rebounds, two and a half assists, yeah. He's shooting a bit lower percentage, but he's probably getting given the ball way more than he than he thought he might. I think he's... Yeah, it's look, they're hard read, Indiana. I think they're probably going to trade Miles Turner, right? Well, it's been rumored for years, I think, now, doesn't it? Hasn't it? Well, but, he's, um, he's continually been on the trading block, you know, since forever. But yeah, I, I think they recruited, uh, oh, they recruited, but they hired Tarlyle thinking it was going to do something. Yeah. It hasn't done anything for me. Has not it? yet. Not yet. Yeah. I mean, they're they're kind of a, a sort of a team in the same mold as the Blazers. Kind of, they're like kind of neither here or there. Yeah, they're kind of in the middle, and there's not much room. You don't really see too much room for with the roster they got to really improve. Apart from him, of course. Apart from uh, what's his name? Uh, Giuwanti. Gi- oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were close. You were close. <laughs> and the other rookie I wanted to mention was Kate Cunningham. Only played two games so far, and there's shit to bet. Oh, it's fucking atrocious. Both games. So they're Detroit are almost better without Cade at the moment, which is not something I thought I'd be saying even after just a couple of games. Well, when a rookie comes in with no confidence, do you think it's a confidence thing? Well, he didn't play any preseason. No, no. But it looks he looks timid. What the stuff I've seen of him, he looks pretty timid. It's not the scouting on him because what he showed in the preseason, in the in the limited time that he played, was that he was you know a willing leader. Like he was willing to play that sort of point forward role yeah. on a team, and I, I, that spot probably isn't there for him in Detroit. Um, so he's probably trying to figure out his role, you know, what, what the hell that is. But the shooting is bad at the moment. The shooting needs to improve. He just needs to just, you know, just lay off the threes and, you know, just try and play the percentages a little bit. Just from I think the, he's uh, he's like four of 28 in the last two games, I think. Yeah, there's not many Something players. devastating. There's not many players that have started worse. I can only uh, think of a Celtics player named uh, Grant Williams who went 0 for 25 on his first 25 attempts at three. What about uh, Anthony Bennett? He was something of shit like that too. Yeah, but he was just, you know, he was shit just, he was just an, a, an NBA turd. Yeah, another reason why you shouldn't trust scouting reports cuz he was number 1 pick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> number 1 pick and it was a complete bust. Yeah. Sometimes the uh, rookie rankings they don't translate into the regular season we've seen that happen time and time and again but i think cade everyone knows he's a good player he's he's going to find his role in in detroit and and get better i think um i don't think he stays shit particularly well his coaching team to get around him to make sure that he keeps his confidence up yeah as long as uh you know detroit don't pull a philadelphia the way they support players you'll uh, be fine you know he won't, yeah. he won't have any mental issues he'll, he'll be fine the only other rookie i wanted to mention and this leads into the next game review we might talk about a little bit frank and that's a rookie for chicago 
called Ayo de Sonmu. You, you, you did well with that. He's got a he's got a hard name to pronounce. Ayo de Sonmu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was the second round pick. Bulls loved his defense and his energy. So yeah, they picked him in the second round. He's a Chicago native, and from what I've seen so far, he. Um, a little bit inconsistent, but, you know, that's fine. But he brings a lot of energy to the game, and he's a good defensive player. Well, if it's one thing the Celtics are good at, it's giving opportunity to opposition players to have a career night or to have <laughs> big moments. And that was one of them. Chicago Bulls as they meet the Boston Celtics. We'll talk about the Bulls and Celtics now because I know you watched it, Frank. I definitely watched it. Yeah, I... Was this the game where Smart afterwards said that the Tatum Certainly and, is. Certainly yeah, yeah. is. Yep, it's that game exactly because we were up 19 at one point and you could see the Celtics, they, they you know, it was a timeout was called by Chicago. They went to the bench. They're all slapping each other on the back. Yeah, how good are we? And then from that point on, Chicago just pegged them back and Celtics have, had not- have been notoriously bad in the fourth quarter all season. They, yeah. There are minus 25 points in fourth quarters. That was before the Orlando game today, which they managed to, to win. But, hey, that's Orlando. So so smart after the game, he said he basically – and he didn't. He wasn't like being emotional. He just calmly sort I of said so. no. Brown and Tatum need to pass the ball because they're going to get the focus of the defense. And they haven't done that. They need to learn to do it. Now – my take on that is that some people have given him grief for burning them in the press, but this sounds like something that he's been saying, like the way that you said it, sounds like something he's been saying in the locker room to them and they haven't really listened. Like, no, and this is not. this is a big well, problem. It's a big problem because that's the knock. That was a knock on the Celtics last season as well. Correct, and, yeah. yeah. Chemistry has been a question for that team despite the – Roster changes, coaching changes, front office changes. The, the the players on the floor have been probably the most questionable yeah. part of how the Celtics have gone over the. And last for Smart, like for Smart, he's the he's the I don't know Oracle. If you describe, he he's the basically the engine of that of that team. I de- that, I describe that. him as like the spiritual leader of he of the Celtics. He he embodies the way they want to play, but only no one plays like that except him. He's yeah, the general. So, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe Smart's pushing shit up a hill a bit here, and yeah, I don't know. I don't see him getting moved mainly because they signed into an extension uh, for four years. So I don't think they're looking to trade Smart. They're looking to get this right. They need to get this right from a team chemistry standpoint. And but did- like. I think you're right, Matt. I think Smart's been saying this for a long time. Marcus Smart's been saying this for a long time, and you see it in so many games. It, whether it's Tatum or Brown, they will occupy the ball at the top of the uh, key for five to ten seconds, more than ten dribbles sometimes. Yeah. And that yeah. ball will be moving around. And, and and one of the notes I had here was uh, I watched the Grizzlies play today against Golden State, and the ball was moving. Like the, they whipped the ball around. Like there's, a player barely has it for more than a second before he's whipping it on again if he's, you know, got someone guarding him. Yeah, I haven't seen the Celtics this season, but I saw a bit of them last season, and I was surprised that they don't go to the two-man game more with Brown and Tatum. Like, it seems like you're going to get something, something good, because offense is a problem, right? I would say that offense and defense are both a problem. They don't seem to align at the same time. They'll 
make an effort on defense, but nothing on the offensive end. It'll be clicking on the offensive end, but they'll be letting easy baskets in on the other end. That's what tends to happen with the Celtics. You don't get a consistent effort at both ends. Yeah, Frank, I don't know how you saw that game, but what were your impressions of both the Celtics and Chicago, you know, from that game? Yeah, I mean, when when Boston was playing really well, they were playing really well and everything was clicking. But as soon as something sort of crumbled and they just collapsed, the Bulls didn't know what to do. They brought in the the second unit and the energy and the defense from that just really sparked the Bulls and it it all started from there. Yeah, Boston, it's just, yeah, I I don't know what to say about Boston at the moment. Just watching them, you know, we outscored 39 to 11 in the last quarter and, you know, that shouldn't, that should never happen in the game. That's an absolute dismantling of the other team's offense and defense. That's what that is. What I noticed about Chicago was that despite Chicago not really having a rim protector, they hustle and scrap enough when they need to get back into the game because they still had to do that against the Celtics. Celtics were, were taking bad shots and missing them, but Chicago still had to work their way back into the game. They were down by quite a bit. Most teams with a 19-point lead, they're going to probably win the game with even a quarter left. But when I'm watching Celtics games and they have a 20-point lead, I'm not you're not confident about that. I'm not confident that they're going to maintain that through the rest of the game. And even today against Orlando, they they managed to, you know, let a, a eight or nine points drop off their lead towards the end end of the game. And I think that's for me what the Celtics have got to start doing. And Matt had a good point. Why can't Tatum and Brown play a bit more of the two man game and use each other? Tatum tried to go off the backboard to fucking Jalen Brown today on a fast break while they were being defended. <laughs> And Jalen's, like, on the baseline going, yeah, woo, you know, that would have been insane if we had got that. How about you just, like, just do it just normally, just pass, simple chess pass to each other would be fine. (laughs) Get back to the basics and get that right first. fuck's sake. Man, I could go on and on about the Celtics, but I won't. The Bulls, for me, are a pretty impressive outfit. We had no answer for Levine once, once Levine got his mojo on. There was no stopping him. He blew by uh, Tatum and Brown and Josh Richardson, anyone who tried to step up and guard him. Uh, when uh, as soon as he starts attacking the rim, it's hard for anyone to guard him. He's he's a quite a really good finisher. Having DeRozan on that Bulls team that hasn't really taken away from Levine's game at all that I can assess. You know, it's been better for him because he hasn't been, you know, the number one option. All the time, and now you've got DeRozan there. Uh, the last three games, he's been, you know, he scored over 30 points the last three games. So, you know, he's sort of had his spurts during the whole game, and he's still getting his points, but, you know, it's just less added pressure. Still coming to the end of the fourth quarter in some games, especially against Philly, he just, he had the ball too much, and he just, he just lost it. So he's still learning how to do that in the fourth still, but, um, but no, he's he's definitely. I think he's a lot more happier this year. That's for sure. Yeah, he seems to be. You know, it all it's all clicking for the Bulls, and it's it's good to see, as we mentioned in the in the last episode. Other notable games. Other notable results. Just quickly through the last week, we had Memphis beating Golden State. Morant had thirty and five assists. Curry thirty six and eight assists. I managed to see most of the last quarter of this game and. That Grizzlies team is impressive for me, the way they move quickly. The ball movement is just lightning fast. You know, Morant, 
when when he starts, you know, flying around and and under the hoop and scooping it over his head and everything, it's you're just in awe of the of the of the kid. You're just watching him, just going, man, this this dude is progressing way faster than anyone would have anticipated. I reckon. Yeah, they are, they've got a lot of upside. I mean, obviously they've got a lot of young players. And they've got a lot of upside. I watched that game and it was really, really. I think Stephen Adams has fit in really well with all the. As well, and yep. in that in that yep. game, Morant didn't have it easy for a lot of the time. He went cold for a little bit there, but he, he fought. He kept up. on fighting. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he kept on fighting. And in the fourth, he got the job done. Even when Steph had it going, just not in the last quarter for Steph. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, I'm, I'm a big fan of Bane. I like, um, I like, <laughs> a big fan of his game. Big, a big fan of Bane's so, game. So, what was it? What was his name? <laughs> My name is Bane. Bane. <laughs> right, from now on, if we refer to Bane, we have to say it like Bane. <laughs> now, the, the Grizzlies have got someone out, don't they? Do they? Is he injured? I didn't. Don't know if I, the shooting guard who played big for them in the in the in the playoffs last season against the Jazz. Oh, oh shit! I can't remember um, his name. Yeah, he's a player like Miles Bridges, but it's not Miles Bridges, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a, good, uh, he's a great two-way player. I think he didn't play that game, I think, if was I remember it, correctly. Is it Dylan Brooks? Dylan yeah, Brooks. Yeah. That's is it. he out? Yeah, he didn't play today. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he played in that game either, and I think they miss him a bit. But in the meantime, Bane is doing very well. <laughs> That's right. He is. He's he's a muscly kid too. He's got – Yeah. Know, he's, he's ripped – that motherfucker. He's- yeah, his shooting style's a bit a bit weird. It looks like he shoots it from the heel of his hand, like the part the you know, like the the heel of his palm, a little bit when he shoots. But uh, he's got a good touch. He gets him, gets him in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like the Grizzlies. They're good. They're a, a smoky good Western Conference playoff team. I reckon. Yeah, not, oh, for sure. Yeah, not that they sure. weren't last year. I mean, they they were last year as well. It's not really saying anything, but it's, some people might have thought that was due to the. You know, way last year sort of panned out that they ended up upsetting, you know, a little bit in the playoffs. But you can probably lock them in for the playoffs this year, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think so. Other notable results: Portland win over the Clippers, one eleven ninety two in Portland. Lillard had twenty five six assists. Paul George forty two points in that game, but not much help on the Clippers squad. For him and Portland desperately needed that win at home. Yeah, a good a good bounce back win for the Blazers after they got totally effed in the B by them a couple of games ago before that. So well, they it's been, a, it's been a bad start from the Blazers, hasn't it? It hasn't been hasn't been nah, good. Like, hasn't, good. It hasn't been good. And look, that's about <laughs> where I think everyone thought they would be and how they would go. I think uh, it, like Willard has said, you know, it, he's always going to be competitive, but it's tough to see them. It's kind of a little bit demoralizing to watch them because you know that this is the roof. This is the, like, this is it sort of thing. This is the best they can do. That's the worst thing about looking at that Blazers team. I don't know what you think about this, Frank, but it's like their ceiling is clearly visible and they need to play up to that every single night. Otherwise they, you know, they get beaten, beaten by better teams. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. look at their roster and you go, okay, yeah, they have to play at hundred percent every night to sort of get anywhere, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nance, Nance is good, but yeah, he's not. He's a decent rotational player. He's but a good he's, defensive player too. Like he gives him a yeah. bit of defense too, which which I think they need. You know, they desperately need to be able to play better perimeter and defense in the paint, Portland, because they just let everything through. And you think with someone yeah. like 
Nurkic, he should be a bigger defensive presence, right? But he just isn't for me. Like, I don't know what it is. I was kind of pleased to see Nasir Little get more minutes, who was sort of a mid-range draft pick a couple of years ago for them and touted as a, as a player who had a lot of potential. He's getting minutes now, so it's good to see that. I mean, he has, his efficiency is probably not great, but he's good. And other than that, there's not a real lot to say about them. The interesting thing about, about that I took from that... They're three and five, I think, Portland, aren't they? Yeah. Are they, more interestingly, I... Read a thing from Paul George the other day who reckons that the shooting percentages are so low, his shooting percentage and other people's shooting percentages are so low because they switched to Wilson from Spalding, yeah. the balls. The ball has changed. Yeah, the ball has changed. but It's a Wilson ball, but it's not like it changed into anything that's dramatically different from the Spalding ball. It's still an indoor leather, genuine leather ball. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you're a professional basketball player though, man. You know what I mean? Like if well, you're a- Ball change shouldn't matter. It shouldn't it shouldn't matter if you're a, if you're a you know a, a male whore and you have to switch from like magnum condoms to Durex? That's <laughs> it, you know what I mean. It's it, you should you should still be getting the job done. You know, yeah, that's, that's not going to make its way into its into your promotional material, is it? The fact that you had to change condoms and now you don't quite perform as well. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Uh, the other name uh, name the other game that uh, I thought was notable. Uh, Chicago winning over Utah in Chicago. DeRozan dropped 32 in that game. Verge had 16 and 12. Mitchell had 30. Gobert, Gobert, 19 rebounds for Utah. I think Chicago were fairly dominant in that game, right, Frank? That wasn't. Yeah, that was probably that was probably their best game that for the season, um, especially with their defense. You know they. Made the Jazz only shoot 38% from the field and 29 from the threes, but forced them to 20 turnovers. And we only had nine. And I can't remember the last time where we played that well defensively for a while now. So, you know, it was great to see that, you know, especially our defense has been shit the last few years, but this year has really, we've really turned it around. So to see that. Um, but yeah, offensively as well, against the Knicks, they were fairly stagnant, but obviously they watched the Knicks they watched won that the game, yeah. They got beaten by the Knicks, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Knicks... Bing bong! The Knicks bing deserved bong. to win that game. <laughs> win for the Knicks, bing bong! <laughs> but yeah, no, Chicago played offensively just a lot more better against Utah. They just moved the ball around and they didn't do that against the Knicks. So, so yeah, so that was great to see. Yep, that was a, a very good win. The other one I had there was Atlanta beating Washington 118-111 in Atlanta. Young led the way. Trey Young led the way with 26-6. Bill, 24. But Spencer Dinwiddie, 14 points, 10 assists, 5 rebounds. This guy, and I've seen, I've only seen Washington a couple of times because they've beaten the Celtics twice, but Dinwiddie He's a player, man. is a good player, man. He, yeah. is, he flies under the radar, that guy, and I reckon he's... He's part of the reason that Washington look like a good team this year. They don't look bad at all no, to me. Massive, they're massive good. reason, man. Massive reason. And, and I think I said it maybe I can't remember what episode a couple of episodes ago, but the Nets would be fucking kicking themselves that they got rid of him. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. I reckon they yeah, they definitely regret that decision. The next game I had there was LA beating Houston 119-117 in LA. It took LeBong getting 30 and 10. Christian Wood had 26 and 16 rebounds for Houston. I think that was – was that the game where Russell shot an – what was it, an air bank? An air bank. No, I think that was the game before. Game before. But. Anyway, that result for me is significant. Simply Westbrook because- shot the ball and he hit Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking killed him. 
R.I.P. Jack. You killed yeah. you killed a legend. That's 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 nice shooting there, Rust. <laughs> yeah, but just the stat line from this game shows it took LeBron getting 30 and 10. Davis didn't really contribute more than 20 points and just under 10 rebounds, but it took those guys to do that and a bunch of random three-point shooting and bench play to beat Houston, the Houston Rockets. Oh, the, their schedule so far has been easy, the fucking easiest that they could have gotten. They haven't so, done that well, though, right? What's, 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 nah. What are the Lakers? What's their record? They're five and three now, but still, I mean, I, it's yeah. misleading for me because I, I've I've seen a lot of articles come up and say, "Oh, the reason we don't have to worry about the Lakers." I think you look at that one result. You can look at this one result and go, "There's a reason to worry about the Lakers." If you if you're worrying about whether Melo gets twenty off the bench or not, I think you should be worried because. Despite that guy getting all these accolades, you know, his ninth all-time leading scorer or whatever, he's old and he's going to he's yeah. going to wear down as, as yeah, how, how long can he keep this up for? That's the thing. Exactly. He's going to yeah, wear down. He's going to The worrying that. thing. And it may, it makes you think what power structure what's power struggles are going on behind the scenes there because why would you lean on LeBron so much when you've got Davis supposedly the best big man in the in the game you've got him you should be fucking going to him every fucking time every time that Lakers squad was a was a full squad i think they were only missing Dwight Howard you know so that was yeah. their whole team playing a Houston Rockets team that are giving 30 minutes to a rookie and just scraping through by two points because yeah yeah, I, I want to see him go against Utah and Miami. I want, I want to see that. I want to watch him fucking lose by thirty. Yeah, let's let's. So come on, media, let's not pump up the Lakers over wins against teams that aren't even going to make the playoffs. You know, like, Jack Nicholson has pumped a lot of Laker girls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of Laker girls. The last result I've got there is Philadelphia beating Chicago one hundred three ninety eight in Philadelphia. DeRozan thirty seven and ten. Embiid. 18 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists. Seth Curry dropped 22 points in as well. What did, what were your takeaways from that game that you didn't mention before, Frank? Look, um, from the out, from the start, Philly just controlled the tempo and they didn't let the Bulls play their game. They controlled pretty much most of the game. But fuck, I've got to say about Embiid, he looks like a, a fucking 70-year-old man running up and down the court. He's going to be fucked within five years. Bulls were sluggish on both ends of the court. They had flashes of energy, but it just wasn't there. Again, the offense broke down again. It just becomes stagnant. No one is moving. No one is doing cuts. No screens. Nothing like that. I'm not really worried about that because I know they're still learning how to play with each other. You know, a new point guard, new small forward. It's going to take a little bit of time. So, with their record so far, six and two, I'm really happy about that. But I know better things will be coming. Zach and DeRozan played well for the Bulls. Lonzo played well too. Road trip, Frank? Yeah, yeah. This is at Philly. So is this the first game of a road trip or how many games are they into? They played at Boston. They played at Philly. I'm not too sure what the next game is. But I know the next 11 or 12 games are against playoff teams. So they've got a fairly hard run Yeah, compared to the Lakers. They're on the road a little bit over the next 10 or so games, aren't they, Frank? Yeah, yeah, I think most of the games are on the road. There's a couple of home games here and there, but yeah, most of them are on the road. But now it's, you know, we're now, we need that third scoring option. And, you know, Vucevic is in a bit of a slump at the moment. He's just been waiting on the three point loan, waiting for shots where previous games he's, you know, he's 
he's done the screens and he's cut away and he's, you know, he's had a couple of mid-range jumpers and whatnot. So he hasn't been doing that lately. So he's just, he's just out of whack at the moment. Vucimic for me is the sort of guy that the more he looks for his shots, the worse he plays. Like if he just plays within the offense and just takes what's given to him, he hits almost everything. He's got that little mid-range post game and, he can drift out to the three. So when he's just playing within the offense, he looks like a really valuable part of Chicago. But when he tries to step out and assert himself, that's when he doesn't look so good for me. We'll see how it shakes out for Chicago over the next 10 games. This will really prove how much they might have improved over the offseason and where they're likely to finish at the end of the year. Um, yeah, I've got to say, Seth Curry in that game was a shit cunt. He flopped at least three times. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he he's one of these little... Uh, floppy-haired guys that, you know, the refs have a soft spot for him probably and see him fall over. And if it's a bigger guy, he's probably going to get the call. Doc Rivers does, doesn't he? Isn't he his son-in-law or something? Seth Curry? Yeah, I think yeah, Seth that's right. married, into, married his daughter, didn't he? I think so. God, imagine what Doc Rivers' daughter, what her appearance looks like. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine. I'm imagining just Doc Rivers with tits. When I... <laughs> <laughs> when I think of Doc Rivers, I think of like, you know, sort of a, a frog looking motherfucker. <laughs> she sounds like Doc Rivers too. She's all raspy and from, from screaming at fucking overpaid Come NBA players. <laughs> I got something for you. <laughs> all right, that seems like a good enough place to end it on. Thanks once again for listening to the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. We are up on iTunes. We're up on all the platforms. We're going to get up on Spotify this week. Yes, I promise that pledge to you right now, guys. We'll be up on Spotify by the end of the week. We also have a Twitter account at GTBasketballPod on Twitter and also on Instagram. So if you want to go and follow us on there. And Facebook. Yeah, Facebook as well. Didn't mention that as uh, in there, but uh, yes, no, Frank, you're you're running the Facebook and we're expanding. Our tentacles are, are unfurling and reaching out to... Well, just like Zion reaching for that next fucking pizza. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I, I, I've been following the Zion Williams diet recently and... I, I feel like a million bucks. Feel, I feel great. Feel, really? Uh, uh, I did, feel you like, like, heart, did you like Harvard or something? Like, because he's a big guy. Oh, well, no, my heart's stopping like, all the time. I need to, like, defib all the time. Like, uh, it's like it's lucky. You've got a home defib? <laughs> We've got a home defib. <laughs> right Defibrillator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've been revived at least three times during this <laughs> And how are you revived? Is that just like... Ice break through an IV. It's a oh yeah, look, a defib, <laughs> like a, a shock, a shock, and then immediate like um, immediate ice break. It's it's a um, colonic. <laughs> awesome. So we'll leave you with that visual this week of Matt's ice break colonical, and we will get into the holes one more time, once again in about a week. See you later. See you later. Cheers, guys.